Ahoy there, shipmates. Are you ready to chart the high seas of marketing leadership on the good ship CMO combo? Today's voyage takes us into the seldom charted waters of B2B SaaS thought leadership with fractional CMO, Dr. Karthik Najadara. What role does it have? What does it look like? And how is it best leveraged for maximum effectiveness? Stay aboard as we're sailing towards those topics and more very soon. Hi, Karthik. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? Hi, Will. I'm doing good. Uh, hope you're doing well. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm, I'm especially good to have this conversation with you today because it's a, it's a topic that we haven't touched on much in CMO Convo before, but it is an important one. And that's the the role of thought leadership, particularly in B2B marketing and B2B SaaS. Um, and I think marketers know the power of it, but we don't necessarily know exactly what we're doing with it. So I'm looking forward to this conversation, definitely. But before we do yes. get into that, sorry, Karthik, yeah. Um, before we do get into that, Karthik, maybe you could introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a bit about your background and why, why in particular this topic was one you wanted to talk about on the show. Yeah, sure. Uh, so... Uh... You know, I, I come with close to two decades of experience in B2B uh, marketing, predominantly in the technology and the SaaS uh, space. Uh, so I've earlier worked with some of the leading IT brands, uh, which are in the services space, and now moved into uh, the product uh, side of things. Uh, thought leadership has been one area which has been really close to my heart right from the first uh, company that I was working at. Uh, and it was a very interesting story because that that is where it kind of gave me the uh, uh, a, a peek into the kind of impact thought leadership could have on a brand. Uh, so, uh, you know, just, just to go back, uh, you know, rewind about 20 years back uh, when I was fresh out of college and I uh, just got into marketing and we released this first research report, which for the very first time quantified uh, the quality of the engineering talent pool in India. And when we released that report, which was again done in association with an industry body, uh, the kind of eyeballs that it captured and uh, the demand that it generated for the uh, company's services uh, was phenomenal. Uh, so I think that was where, you know, I was formally inducted into this world of thought leadership. And from there on, uh, you know, at, at Wipro, at Accenture, and, uh, uh, you know, even currently at Demand Farm where I work, uh, there's some really interesting stuff that's happening in thought leadership. And I believe very strongly that this is one area uh, which is going to be a differentiator for brands as they move forward in this, you know, digital world. Definitely, definitely. I'm looking forward to exploring the the new digital world. I imagine AI is going to have a big impact on Absolutely. thought leadership. Absolutely. But well, um, let's talk about where we're at right now. Let's let's lay down a bit of foundation because thought leadership it it does feel like quite a broad term, and it is one of those. I, I hesitate to say this, but it is one of those buzzwords that we hear a lot in marketing circles. So let, let's define what we mean by thought leadership for the purpose of this conversation, just so we've got a foundational level for yes. the rest of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's a very valid point that you brought up. In fact, uh, if, if uh, you know, there's a fun fact, if anybody were to go on LinkedIn and you uh, type in thought leader or thought leadership, uh, you, you know, you'll get thousands of profiles which says thought leader in so such and such area or, uh, you know, thought leadership content, which is published out there. Uh, so it is definitely a word, uh, which is a buzzword, which is also an abused word as well. <laughs> uh, right. So, so many of them, you know, just think because you're constantly publishing content, it becomes thought leadership, right. When at the core of what thought leadership is all about is, Essentially, uh, you know, is it is it a unique point of view that you're presenting on a specific topic or a specific domain? 
uh, or are you able to see things from a different perspective altogether right are you having that unique point of view are you able to predict certain trends in a industry these constitute thought leadership uh, so it is very important that a thought leader has a unique point of view right uh, so those who think it is just about publishing content out there and hence i become a thought leader i'm sorry to say you do not become a thought leader that way <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you raised that point there karthik because as a as a content marketer myself who's worked in a lot of different industries and in publishing thought leadership stuff it did seem like a lot of the time, a lot of the instruction that was coming from above was we just need to get as much content on this subject yeah. out as possible. Um, even if it was just pulling in like tertiary data, even if it was just pulling in like web research rather than anything unique to the company itself. So I think I think that perspective of having it be unique is how how we're going to cut through the noise basically when it comes to thought leadership. Yeah. Because the marketplace, it's so busy, it's so active. And as you said, everyone thinks they're a thought leader these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what typically happens, right? So, uh, you know, I've I've interacted with so many brands over these years, and one thing uh, which which just comes out in a lot of meetings with with business leaders and all that, saying, yeah, we need to establish ourselves as thought leaders. So, can you do that in the next three to six months? <laughs> thought leadership does not get built in three to six months. So, so that's where I think the entire understanding of the concept and you know the science behind how you go about doing that. Uh, is is something which uh, which is lacking out there, and that's where uh, you know I thought it would make sense to kind of bring in my experience and uh, write the book, uh, you know, the one which I authored called the Thought Leader Way, uh, in which I kind of lay out a lot of uh, you know frameworks, methodologies, uh, bust some of the myths which are there surrounding thought leadership. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, there is a lot of market education which is required on thought leadership in itself. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then when it comes to sort of explaining the impact of thought leadership as i said at the top of the episode marketers as a whole i think we're, we're relatively convinced of the effectiveness of thought leadership how would we explain the impact in particularly in the world of b2b SaaS, to someone who isn't necessarily marketer? say we're trying to get buy-in from a cfo or a ceo to really like dive into a thought leadership campaign like how would you explain the impact yeah so that's that's in fact a very interesting uh, uh point uh, and and like I just mentioned in my previous uh, response, uh, a lot of them don't understand what thought leadership and that it's a long-term game. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, unless the, the the culture of the organization and the CEO of the organization is somebody who believes in building a brand from a long-term uh, uh, perspective, would not understand the value of thought leadership, right? Because they would... Uh, look at something which is more short term. Mm -hmm. How many leads am I generating, right? So how many of MQLs have converted to sales qualified leads? So that's something which, uh, you know, if if that's the only metric that you're looking at as measurement, then thought leadership is definitely not going to work for you. Uh, so for organizations, and if we look at any of the industry leaders, like, so if we take any of the big five consulting firms, or if we were to take any leaders in the IT space, uh, these are organizations which have consistently invested uh, time, resource, and uh, you know, focused approach towards building that thought leadership that over the decades, uh, now if anybody were to look at a point of view or a unique perspective, you would say, yeah, let's refer to a McKinsey or a KPMG, or let's refer to a Gartner or Forrester, because that's the kind of weightage that these brands carry and what they say uh, has its weight in gold. 
right? So I think uh, the fundamental uh, uh, element which is necessary here is that the CEO needs to understand and should be committed to building a brand. And there are metrics which you can measure uh, because I know end of the day, what cannot be measured, you know, the CEO would not mm -hmm. be interested in talking about it as mm -hmm. well. Uh, but uh, some of their interesting studies out there, which clearly show that, you know, like uh, uh, there's a LinkedIn study which says over 58% of decision makers believe that thought leadership actually enhances their uh, perception of the organization and its trustworthiness. Right. There's also a study by Edelman, uh, which says that 45% of decision makers are willing to actually pay a premium for uh, products or services which are seen as thought leaders. So I think if we are able to get uh, some of these data points and we are able to uh, uh, you know, build a good, good plan using the right frameworks and methodologies and then present it uh, to the CEO or CFO, I'm sure they would then understand uh, the impact that it's going to be from a long-term standpoint. Definitely, definitely. There was um there was a figure that I saw um this is a while back, so it might have changed recently. Um, that something like 95% of your audience in the B2B world, particularly in B2B SaaS, aren't ready to buy. They're not ready to start being marketed to. So how do you get people engaged? How do you get people being top of mind? And that's by being a thought leader, by presenting these kinds yeah. of interesting viewpoints and getting on people's radar. You might not necessarily be making a sale right there and then, but you've established yourself as a trustworthy source that they will go back to and check true. and see what kind of offerings you have. True, true. So it makes sense for me that, yeah, top of funnel, like I think that's a fairly easy concept to explain to non-marketers. Yeah. Does it have an impact on any other parts of the funnel? Is there a place for thought leadership through mid-funnel to end-funnel, even post-sale? Like what kind of role can thought leadership play in B2B SaaS in those sectors? Yeah, no, that's that's true, right? So there are specific parts of the funnel where thought leadership can play an important uh, role. Uh, so I think, like you rightly said, top of the funnel, that's that's a no-brainer. You're building the awareness. You're uh, creating that impact at the consideration stage mm -hmm. of the brand. Uh, thought leadership is also very valuable when there is uh, an evaluation or decision. So somebody has visited your website. They've read about your white paper. They've visited your website. They've booked a demo uh, for your product. Uh, and and they are in conversation with your salespeople, but there are uh, other decision makers who are also involved in this entire process. So, so there is a data which says that right now there are about four people on an average who are involved in any decision making process in an organization from a B2B uh, context. Uh, so in such cases, you might require that additional information, which kind of helps them to build a better business case, which helps them to understand that you know their space uh, right. And some of the key challenges which they're grappling with, if you're able to give them material, uh, which which showcases at that stage that, yeah, we understand this, we have delivered this case studies, testimonials, uh, right. So expert insights, which you can provide at that stage, that also will, uh, in a way, contribute uh, to the middle and uh, the bottom of the funnel as well. So while you have a unique perspective and you capture that attention at the top of the funnel, you do have some of these checklists, uh, you know, some of the e-guides, which can help in the middle of the funnel. And then you can have your case studies, testimonials, uh, which clearly shows that you're not just talking, but you've also gone there and delivered and made an impact. So I think across, uh, across the funnel, there is an impact which thought leadership can play.
Definitely, definitely. And, and that type of stuff, uh, when it comes to decision-making, then you can start yes. showing the leads generated from this kind of stuff. So even though it's a yes. slow burn, it can turn into a lead-generating process as well. Yeah. But I think, uh, like I said, the key is to consistently share valuable uh, knowledge, industry insights, and thought-provoking content and demonstrate that you've already gone and delivered that impact. I think that will kind of uh, uh, help in the advocacy and build customer loyalty. Let's talk about the types of content. Um, you mentioned case studies, testimonials, and a few others before. Um, is it just a case of just posting those kinds of things on your website? Are there other types of content that could be effective to really share this kind of thought leadership? Like what, what do you see as being the most effective at the moment with your yeah. audience? In fact, I would just like to take a step back. Many times what happens is uh, people consider, uh, uh, you know, content marketing is thought leadership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So whereas content marketing is a subset of thought leadership, thought leadership is at the brand level. Uh, there are various forms of content uh, which, which definitely work when you're building thought leadership. I think the most important one would be uh, uh, a research that you would conduct. Uh, the, you know, primary research always has uh, that that weightage. Uh, so if you're able to create that research and then around that research, you're able to build a whole lot of other content assets, which could be, you know, e-guides, white papers, microblogs. Uh, then you have uh, podcasts, right? Or uh, videos, webinars, panel discussions. So if you're able to build everything around that core research, which you've carried out, I think that asset has a lot of value. Uh, and in fact, in the research process itself, you can also get various content created. Mm -hmm. uh, so while you're interviewing somebody, that those insights can be used as a podcast, uh, or the, you know, if you've come across some data in that research, those can be represented as infographs. Uh, so I think for me personally, investing in research uh, is is core uh, and and a very powerful asset when it comes to building thought leadership. Definitely, definitely. There was um there was one thing you mentioned earlier, and that was making it so your audience know thinks or well realizes that you understand their space or their industry is it important to maybe personalize thought leadership content towards those types of industries even towards specific accounts if you want to go sort of abm route with your yeah. thought leadership like how effective do you think that is yeah no that's that's very right and i think now increasingly more and more organizations are moving towards abm campaigns uh, for their accounts uh, so I think uh, a methodology which works better is one, you have uh, a, a core focus area that you're looking at uh, at, at an overall uh, organization level, which could probably cut across. Uh, so for example, if I were to take the impact of AI on, on different industries itself, uh, so that becomes your mother theme that you're focusing on. So you create some research around that. And then what happens is you pick up your focus industries that you're looking at, be it healthcare, be it uh, banking and financial services or retail. And then you see how do you customize and get some more granular insights on the impact of AI on financial services, impact of AI on retail, among others. Uh, so, so I think uh, customization definitely uh, is, a, is a key aspect. And especially from an ABM standpoint, because you want the message and insights to be more tailor-made uh, for that industry. But I think... To arrive that first, you need to have uh, a mother theme, and then from there you take subsets out of it, personalize, and then the campaign can accordingly be executed. So that seems like a really, really good framework to think about approaches to thought leadership. Are there any other approaches that you think 
sort of solve the solutions that a lot of CMOs are um, having problems with, particularly when it comes to maybe find, how do you find that unique voice for it? Um, uh, let's, let's drill into that because obviously so competitive the space now, how do you actually find that unique thing to be yeah. the thought leader on? Yeah, no, that's a very interesting question. And in fact, in my book, I, I, uh, I've uh, suggested a framework called the 5F framework, mm-hmm. uh, which, which can help organizations do this. Uh, so uh, the first F is to keep the focus on the customer. Uh, so where whatever that you are going to create as a point of view or a research, it should be centered around what are the core pain points of the customer. So you begin with that. And then the second F is a fact-based approach. Uh, so where you invest in carrying out research, which can give you perspectives, because it's it's not possible that always the answers are available with you within the organization. You may have few subject matter experts within your organization, but you also need uh, other experts to share their perspective. So what I've seen work is where you set up, uh, you know, research councils within the organization or a core group within the organization, which kind of collaborates with other experts and thought leaders uh, from the industry and gain their perspectives also as part of the research. So that's the second F. Uh, Third F is the fresh perspective. So once you've done this research, you've heard everyone's perspective out there, you've studied what the competition is talking about, then you're able to, and, and also what matters more from your business standpoint, that will help you to distill saying, so what's that unique point of view that I could take? Uh, and and then marketing can help you fine-tune that message further. So that's where your fresh perspective comes into picture. The fourth F is facilitate knowledge sharing. So once you've done this research, once you've created that fresh perspective, thought leadership is built when you share that knowledge with others. And more you share, the more you get out of that. And, and the last F is fix the attention of the customer is where... Uh, all this thing gets stitched into you know various interesting compelling content formats and that gets distributed so i think by approaching thought leadership through this 5f framework organizations can actually build it in a more scientific manner and which is sustainable and and there is more information and examples about that in my book I could definitely see this as being quite scalable as well. Like you could take this as quite like a macro approach to thought leadership, but you could also drill it down into individual, almost into individual, say like Twitter posts or something by taking this approach when you're thinking about it. So I think that's a really interesting way of uh, approaching it for sure. Um, When it comes to the people responsible for producing thought leadership, for being involved in thought leadership campaigns. Yeah. Do you need a specific team working on that, or is it, or is it something that should be just like the responsibility of the marketing department as a whole? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think when it comes to thought leadership content, it's very important that organizations have uh, dedicated individuals who are responsible for driving and creating that content. Uh, while the exact roles may vary depending on the organization's structure, the budgets, the size. Uh, I think there are a few roles which, uh, you know, organizations which are really focused on building this could probably look into. Uh, one is where you create a position of a thought leadership director itself. Uh, so where their core focus is to oversee the development and execution of the overall organization's thought leadership strategy and roadmap. Uh, they can work very closely with that in, internal think tank, uh, which is there, and the senior leadership Uh, within the organization to kind of identify those key topics, set goals, uh, ensure that what they're creating as content aligns with the overall uh, vision and objectives which they've set up. So that's one uh, role within the organization. 
the second one which i said is the internal uh, think tank uh, which is there right so these could be uh, individuals and i'm sure in my experience i have seen that there are quite a few uh, uh, you know experts within the organization but who go untapped uh, so they have a wealth of knowledge which is available with them. So I think it's important to create those pool of subject matter experts. You call it a council, a research board, or, or what you may want to label it. But these are individuals within the organization who have that in-depth knowledge and expertise in specific areas uh, that they can uh, focus on. So they can contribute in building the thought leadership insights, you know, talk to you about trends and innovative ideas on various uh, through various content mediums. And then uh, the third role is important, which is again, content writers or content creators, uh, because you may have that idea, uh, but obviously the subject matter experts wouldn't have the bandwidth to sit and write that content themselves or articulate it in a way which is more consumable from the uh, external market standpoint. So having those uh, quality content writers who can translate the perspective into words uh, is important. And I think finally, the marketing team also comes into picture where they're kind of stitching all these things together uh, and then taking it to the market in a way which kind of catches the attention of the customer. So I think these are few roles that you can look at, but uh, it, it is good to have a thought leadership director in, in the organization whose core charter is to drive this. So would that thought leadership director be sort of like the public face of the thought leadership? Would they be actively sort of acting as a mouthpiece for that? Or would that be a responsibility of maybe sort of the senior leadership? Obviously, a lot of CMOs are expected to be thought leaders. What role should they be having in sort of, it might not necessarily be creating all the content related to it. Not many of them have the time to be doing that. But what role do they have as being sort of the the evangelist for this thought leadership? Do they, they have to be active, sharing stuff, getting involved in like conferences and stuff like that? Yeah, so, so I agree with your point that, you know, CMOs have to be thought leaders and uh, in a lot of organizations, they do wear, uh, you know, hat of, of mm-hmm. the thought leadership director as well. Uh, but if if looking at the size of the organization and if you have those budgets, I think it is good to have a role which is carved out specifically for that uh, because then what this person would do is they become the external, the, the face for the thought leadership mission of the organization itself. So they evangelize it. They meet up with uh, you know the other subject matter experts out there. They are able to communicate the thought leadership vision to these stakeholders. They're able to identify who are the subject matter experts that we should be collaborating with as a brand. All right. So the entire charter uh, then is purely on that because if a CMO takes up that charter, the CMO has a lot of other priorities as well. So this becomes one among the other things which they want to look at. Uh, while definitely they are the face of the brand and hence they need to be uh, you know looking and speaking like a thought leader but i think if the organization can afford they should definitely have a separate position of a thought leadership director i've definitely seen like a few roles out there sort of being like chief brand evangelist and stuff like yes. that that kind of thing yes. so i think there are those kinds of positions out there yeah. so yeah yeah um this literally just occurred to me when I was talking about sort of like the more personal branding side of things, Karthik. So forgive me if you don't have an answer prepared for this because I didn't put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. What about influencers? What role do they play in thought leadership campaigns in B2B SaaS? Like, is it even a thing, a B2B SaaS influencer? Like, that, that's, yeah. Let's talk a bit about that. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting aspect, Will. And I, and I think luckily so far, 
at least uh, the the influencers in the B2B space uh, are real influencers and not what we would see in the B2C yeah. uh, space, right? Uh, in B2B space, definitely these influencers do play a huge role and especially in the SaaS landscape. Uh, for example, if we were to consider uh, some of the analyst firms uh, like the Gartner and Forrester, uh, they they publish a lot of trend reports, wave reports on uh, who are the leaders in this uh, specific product category, uh, what are the emerging trends which are coming out there, and if a brand gets featured there. For example, uh, uh, you know, Gartner and Forrester both uh, publish reports on sales tech and mark tech mm -hmm. tools and uh, Demand Farm, which is uh, a leader in the digital uh, account management space, uh, has been quoted as a leader in that segment by both Gartner and Forrester. Uh, so this has really helped us uh, when it comes to the kind of uh, uh, inquiries which come in from the larger brands, uh, wherein these analysts have profiled us in the reports uh, and uh, when they go and talk about the importance of an emerging uh, area like digital account management, uh, it definitely adds a lot of credibility uh, to what we as a brand are also trying to communicate out there. I, I imagine PR has got to play an important role in developing these kinds of relationships with the right publications, the right influencers, that kind of thing. Yes, yes. So uh, publications are also equally important. And another area which, uh, you know, a lot of them don't leverage that well is partnership with academic institutions. Mm. Uh, so uh, if if you have, uh, and, and I've done this uh, quite a bit in my career where uh, worked very closely with senior faculty from, from Harvard, Stanford, uh, London Business School, among others. Uh, so engaging with them, collaborating with them and co-creating content with them also carries a lot of weightage when it comes to evaluation in the RFP stage or they're trying to figure out which tool should I go by? Where all the features remain same in the product. That's where the, the brand and the thought leadership makes an impact. And any of these influencers have good things to say about you definitely goes into consideration uh, when choosing your tool over the competition. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, would you describe B2B SaaS, this is a term I've seen thrown up, as micro-influencers? Would you describe them as that within the space, like very, very specifically yes, focused? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So they're, they're very uh, focused on, so you would have influencers who specialize in sales tech and marketing mm -hmm. uh, tools. So they are advisors who work very closely with uh, organizations which want to adopt sales and marketing tools. So these are, again, people with sales and marketing, decades of sales and marketing experience and a technology background uh, who have, uh, you know, probably built companies, scaled companies, uh, or have IPs in their name in that space. Uh, so you have very targeted uh, influencers like that uh, who, who do contribute and influence in this decision making. Fantastic. So Karthik, I think we've Reach a point where we've got like a good grasp of where thought leadership needs to be right now. But there's some stuff on the horizon that I could see having a bit of an impact on the whole idea of thought leadership. And that's mainly AI driven search. Like, how yeah. is thought leadership going to even function in a world of thought leadership, of AI driven search, even? Yeah, that's very interesting. And I think that's, that's both exciting and scary times. Uh, so, so I think that's the truth about any emerging technology. Uh, so I, I think personally, the future of thought leadership, especially from a B2B SaaS uh, perspective, has immense potential for growth and innovation. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, if, if all of us are now, I think we live, uh, there are moments where we are looking of, 
chat GPT for a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so be it to create content, to ask for suggested topic options, uh, or to create uh, uh, tweets, which could probably, uh, you know, garner more eyeballs. So I think that's where uh, AI is definitely going to play a lot of role. And it's going to, I believe, revolutionize production of thought leadership content itself in in, in many ways. Uh, why? Because it, it will help you to kind of process a lot of data out there. It will help you to kind of filter out a lot of uh, clutter out there and give you those unique uh, areas that you could probably focus on in doing your research or creating your content around. Uh, it can process a hell lot of data and also give you uh, those perspectives which are available there. Uh, but I think end of the day, while while it can help you do all that, the human element is equally uh, important. Uh, so end of the day, how are you able to leverage all the data? How are you able to look at those unique topics, uh, analyze that and give your perspective around it, I think that's where uh, uh, the, the role of the human will still be relevant. And uh, while, again, like I said, a lot of content may get churned out uh, because now somebody who does not have a point of view also can, you know, every day go and publish content. Uh, but I think the real smart ones will be able to leverage it and up their game to the next level. And those are the real thought leaders who will stand out among uh, the other crowd out there. Definitely, definitely. Because at the end of the day, if you're just using AI to produce content, produce thought leadership content, then AI can just generate that response if it's an AI-driven search, if it's like a Bard Google search or a yeah, ChatGPT yeah. Bing, Bing search. And that goes right back to what you were saying at the beginning and what you reiterated there, that unique perspective, that human perspective. Yes. Like yes. if you're presenting the only answer to an issue or the only like real concrete answer to a problem, then AI is going to use your answers and cite you yeah. as responsible for that. So yeah, unique perspectives are going to be even more important moving forwards. Yeah, AI can definitely be a good ally, no mm -hmm. doubt about it, because it it will help you crunch down the research time. Yeah. So if earlier you had to go through, you know, a bunch of links and oh, then try sure. to infer out of that and figure out what should I be talking about here that gets crunched within a few minutes and you're you have that information available there. So you can in fact focus more time and effort on creating that unique point of view itself mm -hmm. rather than spending that time only on the research or collecting and analyzing data. Definitely, definitely. Um, what about the demand for thought leadership in a world of AI? If people just think they can just ask AI for answers, are they going to be looking to brands and people for this kind of information? Like, is it even going to be... I mean, we're still in very early days of... AI. So uh, this is a lot of this is just speculation at this point. But what are your thoughts on that, Karthik? No, that's that's an interesting aspect to ponder upon. And I think uh, AI technology has the potential definitely to enhance and transform the way uh, thought leadership will be created, disseminated, or even consumed, right? So every day we are seeing that the algorithms and the, the NLP capabilities uh, is, is progressing and maturing at such a fast pace that it's able to uh, kind of analyze vast amount of data, identify patterns, generate valuable insights. Uh, so this this can definitely uh, help a lot of organizations to answer few questions which may be there on top of their mind. Uh, but but again, like I said, while it may give you those insights, you again need those experts who can make sense out of that entire data further uh, and help you to guide you 
in in that specific direction that you would be looking into it may give you recommendations it may give you those insights but end of the day uh, the human judgment and you know how do you build on that i think that's where the real differentiation would come in uh, like i said initially the demand for thought leaders may dip because uh, organizations uh, will believe that yeah chat gpt or the other ai tools could probably give you those answers and i think we are good with that uh, but but i think as as more and more you start using that you also realize that uh, you know the the uniqueness is missing in it and it is quite common it's giving the same data information to karthik the same way as it's giving that same data and information to will in the mm-hmm. same way right so that's where you need those real thought leaders who would come and say okay so how do we now look at this from a different lens and and take a different uh, direction altogether so uh while there may be a slight dip and certain areas may get impacted but uh, overall i i see that this will this will increase the demand for the real thought leaders definitely definitely and yeah uh, fully fully on board with that Karthik. that makes a, that makes a lot of sense there um so i think i feel like we've covered a fair amount here Karthik. let's let's see if we can pull things together with sort of like your maybe your golden rules for approaching thought leadership. Um, obviously, uniqueness is going to be a top one, but do you want to reiterate that point for the, uh, the purpose of the episode? Yeah, yeah. So I think the the golden rule for any organizations or individuals who want to go and build thought leadership is, uh, you know, like they say, Rome was not built overnight. Mm-hmm. So thought leadership does not get built overnight. Uh, so having the unique perspective is very, very important. But I think... Uh, staying true to that uh, and uh, living what you're talking and kind of being consistent on that uh, is is what will make the real difference when it comes to building thought leadership in the long run. Uh, so I think it requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of consistent effort. Uh, uh, and, and I think that's where uh, organizations and brands will really make a difference if they follow that rule. For sure. Awesome. Thank you very much, Karthik. This this conversation has been eye-opening for me. Like I thought I had a bit of an understanding of thought leadership, but obviously there is a lot more to it. And I think it's going to be eye-opening for a lot of our audience as well. So thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me today. I think uh, uh, this is a very, uh, like I said, it's it's a topic which is very close to my heart and uh, always fun talking about it and exploring newer uh, angles and aspects to thought leadership. Uh, and I really loved our conversation today. Well, I'm sure, as as we said, like there's a lot of things changing in marketing at the moment. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to explore on the subject in the future. Absolutely. So I'd be happy to have another conversation on this. Absolutely. Same here. Awesome. Thank you very much, Karthik. And thank you very much for our audience as well. I hope you found this conversation as interesting yeah, as I was, have. Yeah, this was really great. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll be in touch. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, thank you to our audience. Um, we'll be back soon with some more CMO sure. combos. Like what you heard in this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.